My name is Jamie Atkinson, founder of podcastclosing.com, and this show is built for six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts who are looking to grow and scale their customer acquisition using that show. If you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast and you want to get featured on this show to talk about your own podcast journey, go to top100interview.com. Now over to your glamorous host, Brittany Chaterbock, and don't forget to subscribe for daily interview content. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. I'm super excited today for the interview ahead of us. The guest I'm bringing on is a client retention and group program leadership specialist. Megan Huber transforms coaches, consultants, experts, and their teams into world-class group program facilitators who design and deliver unforgettable experiences so that their clients remain satisfied and get incredible results and keep coming back for more. Super excited for today. Welcome to the show, Megan. How's it going? It's going amazing. I'm so excited to dive in and and have a juicy conversation with you. Oh, 100%. So am I. So it's a pleasure having you here today. Before we dive into any of our topics, do you mind just taking us back, telling us a bit of your journey and story? How did you get to where you are today? Because I believe it's a powerful story and I'd love to share it with our listeners. Yeah. So I think like a lot of people in entrepreneurship, I did not start out as an entrepreneur. I did not grow up in an entrepreneurial household or family. So I had like no idea of what entrepreneurship was like when I started a business in 2011. In fact, I was a high school business education teacher in my 20s. I didn't go to college for that, but I did grow up with a mom who was an educator. She was a teacher. She was a principal. I went to college for business. And when I graduated, I had no idea what I wanted to do. I, I didn't even know what I was interested in. And that summer, my mom says, you know what? You would be such a good teacher. Why don't you just go back to school, go get your master's degree in teaching or education. I'll help you do it. Like, we'll get you in. And that's exactly what I did. And, you know, I really did grow up in a school. You know, from the time I was in the womb when my mom was running a classroom. So I grew up in classrooms, in a school building, at nights, weekends, during the day. And I was a really, really excellent teacher. So that was my first career in my 20s. And after teaching for about five or six years, my husband and I had a daughter. She is now 12 years old. She's our only one. And when she came into the world, there was just something in me that thought, you know what? I don't want to raise my child. I mean, I was a kind of teacher where I said yes to everything. I was the tennis coach. I was a football athletic trainer. I was the advisor of a lot of different student clubs. And then I was the coordinator of this like massive project that was county actually statewide. And I was working about 70 to 80 hours a week, 12 hours on the weekends. And I thought, am I really going to like bring a kid into this world and just stick them in daycare every single day. And that's who actually raises them. And I thought that just doesn't seem right to me. And maybe at the time back then, I thought I couldn't have the career and be a great mom at the same time. I think very differently about that now, but that is my story, my journey. So I left the classroom. I came home not to be a stay at home mom though. So it was never, never in my mind did I think I'm going to just become a stay at home mom. But at the same time, I didn't have a plan either. I had zero financial plan. I had zero idea about what kind of business I would start. I wasn't even thinking about starting a business when I left the classroom. And so when I got home and she was born, I didn't enjoy it. I didn't enjoy being home. I didn't enjoy 
not talking to human beings. I didn't enjoy not being a leader. I didn't enjoy not like creating and innovating and, and doing something with my wisdom. And so that's when I started my first coaching business back in 2011. And um, the rest is history. I'm still here. I'm still doing it 10, 11 years later. Absolutely amazing. It's crazy how you can go from, you know, working that rat, a rat race and just no time to yourself. And like you said, like, what am I going to do? Put my daughter in daycare and have someone else raise her? Or am I going to change this? So I love how you, you know, took that leap of faith and, and made that happen. Right. So amazing. Yeah. Do you mind diving into uh, a little bit deeper as to where you are right now in the business? How maybe talk about your services and how you deliver them? Yeah. So my business is a, it's a cool story. I'll get into the specifics, but um, I also completely pivoted my business in the last 18 months. So over the course of the last 11 years, I've had two iterations basically of the same business. And in the middle of that, I think this is really important to share because it's pretty unique about my journey and not a lot of people, not a lot of entrepreneurs actually had this opportunity. In 2013, I started working underneath the wing as an apprentice. I still had my own business as an apprentice underneath uh, someone who had an extremely large scale uh, coaching company, lots of group programs. We're talking like hundreds of people in each program that she ran. I helped her create those programs and then was brought on board. I was given the opportunity to come and work for the company full time, where I was actually directing all of the programs from curriculum development to running the day-to-day -day operations of them um, to being, uh, you know, overseeing our entire certification team. I hired them. I trained them, oversaw that because we were a business coaching program and a certification program all in one. And I did that for four years. So that's where I also get a whole lot of my experience in client success, what, what leads to adults getting results in your program, what leads to client retention. Because when you're when I was working for this large scale, scale company, part of what you're trying to figure out, and this is what we were trying to do while, while I was there, you're trying to figure out how can I get like out of these 200 people in my flagship program or 300 people in my flagship program, how do we get 75% of them to renew? How do we get 75% of them to either take the program again because they need it again and it keeps them in the ecosystem? Or how do we get them to move into another program that we have for offer? Because we had lots of different things for offer. And I'll never forget that very first year we ran a program that had 212 people in it. It was about a $1.7 million launch that we did. Less than 5% of the people renewed. And it was like a devastating moment for me and the business owner, because we just thought for sure everybody was going to stay because it was a love fest. The community was there. People were getting results. And then we're at a live event and she's pitching from the stage and I'm standing in the back of the room waiting to collect all these order forms and people come hand me their empty order forms. And I was like, what on earth is happening? Like, this is not what we dreamed about. This is not what we anticipated. And as a business owner, that's a very scary moment because you've got to go like, not back to the drawing board, but it is that hamster wheel of, oh my gosh, now I have to go find 300 more people to come into my program on a very short timeline because none of our people renewed. And so that's where I really started studying. I spent four years really studying adult learning behavior. 
Um, I was already an expert in curriculum development. I started studying client retention and where do we see people like really falling off of your program? They stop engaging. They stop coming to the calls. They ask for their money back. They don't renew. Like, why is that actually happening? And so fast forward a little bit. That's what I do today. So I left that company at the end of 2016. And for the last five years, we'll subtract one of those years. But for the first five years of that, I was running my own large-scale group programs. I knew how to do it. I've been doing it for 17 years, and I was helping people grow and scale their businesses. And then finally, because I've seen this as a problem in the industry for the last 10 years, I thought I have a solution to why client, a lot of consumers in the coaching industry are very unhappy with their experiences. When they're purchasing programs that are $10,000, $25,000, $50,000, and then they're running off having side conversations with their friends, talking about the instructor, talking about the delivery, talking about the team and how much it sucked, honestly. We don't want that to happen. We don't want people running into programs just so that they can exit the program when it's done and then go gossip about it to all their friends. Nobody, you know, this is what I really want to share. Nobody's, if you're listening to this, None of your clients are joining your programs in the hopes that they can just leave after six months or a year and go on the hunt to find another coach. Nobody actually wants to do that, but it's happening at alarming rates, alarming rates in our industry. And so I shifted my business actually at the end of last year, the beginning of this year, and I changed my model from a very group coaching model to a consulting model. So now I go into companies that are at a point of they're they're really at a tipping point of true scale and they have figured out how to how to have the six and the multiple six even the million and multi-million dollar launches but with that comes an onslaught of a lot of new volume you have a whole lot more clients that you have to move through your program and what we start to see happening is attrition rates go up retention rates go down and client results and client experience diminishes and then we've got leaders who are running around spending all this time and all this money and all these resources on marketing and sales, but their bucket has holes in it. And the holes, your clients are leaving right out of the holes. And so you're profiting so much less money long-term because you're just having to keep fill, filling, a, you're filling a leaky bucket up over and over and over again. So that's what I do now. I go in and consult teams and companies on how to better retain their clients through client success and client experience and improving client results. Incredible. You know, it's important to have someone out there that's do doing that because who's out there doing that? Like we need more people like you. Uh, tell us a little bit more, walk us through, you know, um, why it's so important, you know, to be the client experience and how to we were talking about it before, the client experience and how to stand out and be different. Yes. So I, again, I've been in this industry for 10, 11 years. And, you know, over the course of a decade, you see, a, you see all the trends, right? So if anybody listening to this has been, you know, you've had your business for any length of time and a number of years, when you've been in it for a decade, you really do see, obviously, technology has drastically changed. The social media game drastically changed over the last 10 years. I mean, it's changing at warp speed right now as we speak. Something's happening. Um, the, the buyer, 
buyer psychology has really shifted over the last couple of years. I'd say in the last two to three years, it's massively shifted. We have had such a rise in the number of people running online expert-based businesses. Call them experts, call them coaches, call, call them what you want, in, information experts, whatever. Every single day, we have thousands of people jumping onto the scene because there's zero barrier of entry. So now you have more and more people who have businesses, who are on social media, who are sharing their messages. There are the programs out there that exist to help somebody get to 10K, 20K, 30K, whatever number of months and teaching them how to market and sell and share their unique message and share their unique voice and build their brand. Honestly, it's a dime a dozen at this point. I mean, who's not running a program like that? And again, if you've been in this industry for any length of time, when you start reading people's emails, their posts, attending their webinars, everybody sounds the exact same. But yet we think we're still differentiating ourselves by sharing our unique voice in the messaging. Now, I am a big believer, go out there and share your, your unique voice. But what we are missing is client experience. And I truly do believe that we, as of 2022, 2023, we have really crossed the threshold and we have already entered into the doorway that there is almost no way to differentiate your brand anymore. So what do we have left? What on earth do we have left to differentiate ourselves? Client experience. Once the, per once the sale has been closed, the conversion has been made within seconds. That's when client experience begins. Within seconds, the relationship that that prospect now has with you in their mind has shifted literally as fast as you can snap your fingers. The relationship you had with a, a lead and a prospect and someone in a sales conversation with you is not the same relationship that they have with you once they hand over money to you. That exchange has been made. Something instantly happens. I just got chills talking about it. Something instantly happens inside of their own physical body. They feel it. You feel it. Now they are thinking a completely new set of thoughts about you, about themselves, about your entire organization, about the program you're delivering, about your team, and about your brand. And this is, I'm going to give a really important statistic for everybody to, to like write this down. Clients are making a decision on whether or not they want to stay in your ecosystem or exit as fast as they can get out of there within the first zero to 90 days that they are in your program. Some people are going to make that decision within the first week. That's going to be largely based on how well you, you do in your onboarding process. There are some people out there who, if they have a crappy onboarding process with you, you lost them. And that's happening within the first few days. Other people, it may, other clients, it may take a little bit longer for them to decide if they want to exit your ego. And I'm not saying people are just going to stop paying you or they're going to ask for their money back, although some people will do that. But I'm talking about if you've got a program that's 90 days, six months, or a year long, they are actually deciding if they're going to renew with somewhere in the first 90 days. They're not actually waiting until they get to the end of the program. And so what we have to remember when it comes to renewals and to client experience, we can't wait until the very end of the program to remind our client about all the past value we have shared with them, because that is not actually why a client is making a decision to continue working with you. The client, myself included, I'm not thinking back to the 12 months of value you just gave me. I'm thinking back to the whole entire experience of how it felt to be in your program, 
to work with you, to work with your team, how connected I feel to all the other people in the program, how connected I feel to the community, but also what is that experience going to be like in the future? What's the value that you're going to provide to me in the future, not based on the past? And so a lot of people are shooting themselves in the foot because they're waiting until the last month of their program or the last session with their clients to ask them to renew. And that person made that decision a long time ago. So you really want to think about the psychology and the mindset of the client and what are they thinking about? What does your client see as valuable? Because I'm here to tell you, just because you have a promise of your program, not every single client actually wants that as their goal. They do not want that as their goal. Some of your clients do for sure, but you've got to really find out you know, if I'm in your program, hey, Megan, what is your specific goal that you want to meet in my program? And then you've got to help me reach that. And if you help me reach that, and it's not like, you know, pulling teeth to get me to do that, then you're going to have a client in me for life. Yeah, I think it's so important to, you know, understand exactly where their goals, uh, where their goals are and because everyone's going to be different, you know? And uh, yeah, if like you said, pulling teeth. I mean, it has to be a good fit for the both of you. And yeah, huge. I'm really glad that we touched on that. And I know we already talked about client retention, but if you want to dive in a little bit deeper and walk us through how you, you know, how you keep up with client retention and everything like that, because I think it would be a good topic to just dive in a bit deeper at yeah. your level if that works. Yeah, so- all the clients that I work with, they have group coaching programs. So, well, they may not call them a group coaching program. We'll label them as one to many. So they're working with people in larger sized groups. So what is client retention? Client retention is, you can look at this a couple of different ways. You know, if your program is six months to a year long, are my clients actually showing up to all the components of the program and utilizing all the resources that I have available? all the components of a program? Are they engaging in it? Are they participating in it? Do we have some sort of mechanism in place where we're tracking their progress, whether it is informal through conversations that I'm having with that person, or do we have something in place like a spreadsheet or a form or something that where they are checking in and giving like a health update on where they're at in terms of the progress that they're making towards their goals. Do you have that in place? So retention could be, am I just retaining my clients and they're showing up in the existing program that they're in? And then I do believe there's this other part of retention that is once that program is over, how what percentage of those clients are renewing for another iteration of that program with me? They're staying in the community or are they joining other programs in my ecosystem? And you really do want to see retention rates of like 70% or higher. I mean, sometimes clients are, it's just not the right fit anymore and they're going to move on. So that's what retention means. Now, where again, I'll, it's kind of repeating a little bit of what I just said, but most people don't have a retention strategy. And so really, if this is the first time that you've started thinking about retention, just start thinking about and asking yourself the question, do I have a retention strategy in place? Do I have a retention plan in place? And your retention plan actually starts, again, it goes back to, it starts the minute the sale has been made. You are actually actively seeking to retain that particular client. 
And there's, there's really three elements that go into a client being retained. One of them is client results. Now, what I hear from a lot of my friends and colleagues and even my clients in the industry is they are blindsided when they get an email from a client who seems to be disgruntled or they have a client who chooses not to renew. And they're like in utter shock and surprise. And I'm like, well, why are you surprised? And they'll say to me 10 times out of 10, but this person got such incredible results. They got such great results for my program. And that is your sign right there. Clients don't stay just because they got great results, right? So that's one thing that has to be at play. Your clients have to get great results. They have to reach their goals or they're not gonna, you're not gonna retain them. You're not gonna keep them longer than the contract they signed up for. The second thing is, is your client satisfied? And the easiest way to figure this out is throughout your program, determine where it makes sense for you to get feedback from your clients and literally get them to rate their satisfaction level on a scale of one to 10. You better be seeing nines and tens. Once you start seeing eights, things start sliding backwards. Eight is good, but you really want to see nines and tens. And all you have to do to find that out is just ask your clients on a scale of one to 10, how satisfied are you with the program? Again, you want to hear nines and tens. They're only going to stay in your ecosystem if at minimum they're scoring your program an eight. Again, you want to see nines and tens. And then the third thing is experience. And experience is really the connection they have to the community. It's also the ease of use of your program. It's also how easy it was for them to communicate with you and your team. Those are three really important aspects that go into client experience. I would even throw accountability into that and your focus on following up and following through with the accountabilities, accountability measures that you actually have in your program. So client retention is based on those three things. Did the client get results? Are they satisfied with the program? And did they have an incredible experience? If so, they're more likely to stay in your ecosystem for a longer amount of time. Thus, you're extending the lifetime value of your client. Thus, your profitability is literally going through the roof because it's reducing your marketing costs on the other end. Thank you for sharing that. I think it's so valuable. You know, it's it's true. Like, do you have a client? Do you have a retention strategy in place? Um, what are the results like? Are they satisfied? What's the experience like? And are they accountable? Are you holding mm-hmm. them accountable? Yeah. Huge. I'm so happy we're able, able to cover that because it's not talked about enough. Nope, not at all. So, yeah. So Megan, tell us a little bit about the podcast and how does it tie into your business? Yeah. So I've had my podcast. It's called Built to Last. I launched the podcast in October of 2021. So it has been going for a little over a year now. And I roll out two episodes a week. One is an interview style, more of a conversation. So less about me asking questions and it's more about having a conversation. And then one episode is a solo episode. So my solo episodes are are predominantly about my expertise. So I'm talking a lot about client retention, client experience, extending lifetime value of your client. How do you how do you really get your clients to a place of their achieving results? Um, you know, all about scaling your business from an operational program delivery perspective. So a lot of my solo episodes are around that. And then I'll tell you I actually shifted how I do my interview. So in the last couple of months, I started only bringing people on who I have an extremely good relationship with, like people who I know almost like they're my friend. 
Because I mean, we all know, like if you're talking to somebody for the first time, which is largely like the whole first year of my podcast, I was interviewing people who I was, I was just meeting them for the first time when they would pop up and we'd get to know each other for five minutes before pressing record. And it's great. It's super incredibly valuable. But then I was like, you know what? Like, I'd really love to talk to people who I've known for years because it's just the way that you talk to a friend, it's just so different than when you talk to somebody for the first time ever. And I thought, I wonder what that experience would be like. And I wonder what the audience would think of that. And so we still talk about business, but it, what it does is it just lends itself to talking so more, much more about life around the business. Um, I'm a mother, obviously. I'm a married woman. My husband is also a business owner. We live under the same roof, parent under the same roof, work under the same roof. We literally are together 24 seven and we, you know, our daughter is rides horses and we're at the barn all the time and she's in school and she's got all these activities and we really do live like this. You know, we, we also have like this everyday life. Like we're, we're husband and wife, we're parents, our kids, 12, we go to the grocery store down the road. I don't have a nanny. And so there's just a lot of conversations that come up that are just real life between women who are also making good money, making a really big impact and doing what we love to do and building a business around that and being very serious about our body of work while also living life and enjoying being around the people who we love to spend time with and taking care of our health and our well-being. So a lot of that comes up in the conversation. And then of course, like a lot of what I already shared around all the client retention. So you get a good dose of both, both of those worlds. I love it. I think the fact that you're interviewing, you know, friends where you're, you're talking about real life and, you know, stuff that matters outside of the business as well, honestly, is probably much more relatable to those listening anyway, you know? Yeah. So love it. Tell me a little bit about your, and I know that we did talk in the pre-interview a little bit about your focus um, with client experience and stuff like that, but any big desires or your biggest focus for 2023, whether that's with the podcast um, or if it's just with the business. Yeah. Let's talk a bit about that. Yeah, it's a really good question. So like I said, I pivoted my business from being more of a general business mentor and business coach for entrepreneurs who were a bit more new in their journey. You know, they were trying to get to six figures or multiple six figures. I did that for five years. Like I said, I really did make a very massive shift. And so I'm working with more business owners who are at the multi-million dollar level and they already have hundreds of clients that they're working with in their programs. They have teams, they are building out their team that's really supporting them with client delivery and client support. Because I see such a massive need in our industry. Like I said to you, nobody else in this industry does this. If you just go look at Amazon and you go try to find a book on client success, the only thing you'll find exists in the software and tech industry. I've read every single one of them. There are a lot of them. I'm a very fast reader. But client success exists in that industry. It actually started in 1996. It's never been brought into the world of the coaching and expert industry. And some people are very shocked by that because they're like, well, we're the helping industry. The reason why we do this is because we want our clients to get results. 
but there's such a lack of understanding around adult learning, curriculum development. What are your team members supposed to be doing so that the, like specifically the ones that are serving your clients and actually delivering your program, talking to your clients, helping them get results. Nobody's done this. So I'm really here to change the conversation around that. I'm here to tell the truth around that. I'm here to work with entrepreneurs who have extremely high integrity, whose number one mission is for their clients to actually get results. Because I think, you know, it's like less than 10% of the people who take programs in this industry are actually getting the results that are promised on a sales page. So I'm here to do really good work um, as a consultant with the larger scale uh, company owners, but then I'm also creating smaller, more bite-sized offers for people who are not yet at that level, but they, they do need the beginning pieces of that so that they can actually get started on the right foot when it comes to this whole category that we've been talking about on the show today. This is incredible. Yeah. And I like that you also have, you know, different offers for those who are not quite at that level as well. Um, and bit size, uh, bite-sized pieces to get them going. Right. So yep, super important. Exactly. Yep. Well, Megan, this has been absolutely such a pleasure. We are, I, I'm really happy that we were able to talk about stuff that we never talk about, <laughs> you know? So this is, has been amazing and I'm so appreciative of you coming on today and taking the time out of your day um, to share this valuable uh, information with myself and our listeners. So if anyone's looking to connect with you, what would be the best way to go ahead and reach out to you? Yeah. The easiest way is either find me on Facebook or find me on Instagram. You can find me at both places as Megan J. Huber. That would be the easiest and fastest. Beautiful. And I am actually the one responding. So no bots, oh, great. no other team member. <laughs> oh, I love actually it. Get love me. it. Right on. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Megan. This has been absolutely amazing. And uh, I'm looking forward to see how it goes in 2023 for you. Yeah. Thanks. Group, if you're listening and enjoyed, please like and subscribe. If you're a six-figure entrepreneur or higher and want to come on just like Megan Huber, Huber did today to share your story, talk about uh, the podcast and your business and what you specialize in, please go to top100interview.com. We'd love to have you on as well. Thanks so much, guys. Catch you on the next one. Hey, everyone. I hope you really enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to listen to more daily interview content, make sure you subscribe. And here's three ways I can help you in your business for free. One, check out my video on how we're building a pipeline that produces 30 plus prime sales calls every single week using podcast setters and a basic interview funnel. And this is actually how I was able to quit social media forever. You can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash setters. Two, if you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast, we actually want to interview you on one of our top 100 shows. Head to top100interview.com and then three, download our podcast closing formula. It shows you how to create a podcast sales team that books out your sales calendar each week using the podcast closing client attraction method. And you can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash podcast formula. Now at podcastclosing.com, we help six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts create a system for predictable client acquisition without relying on paid advertising or social media by building out podcast sales teams. Now, if you want help turning your podcast into a high ticket client acquisition machine, then book a call with our team to see how we can help. Go to podcastrebels.com forward slash chat. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next interview.